This is Joe. And this is Nat. And you're listening to the Getting Better with Age podcast, the show that helps you navigate midlife challenges and turn them into opportunities to grow and evolve into a happier, healthier, and more empowered you. And remember, getting older doesn't mean that the best years have to be behind you. We believe, like a fine wine, you and your life can get better with age. And we're here to show you exactly how to do that. So grab a glass of vino, kick off your shoes, and join us in discovering how to make the next chapter of your life the best one yet. Hey, this is Nat. And it's Joe. And welcome to another episode of our Getting Better with Age podcast. So today we have a special treat for you because we have a fabulous, amazing guest who is going to talk about reversing age and get literally getting better with age, which is what this podcast is all about. So this uh, person is um, a very dear friend and colleague that I've known for, oh, I think like 15 years now, <laughs> a very long time. And her name is Carrie Donegan. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Nat. Hi, Joe. It's so good to be here. Carrie is a wife and mom, uh, wife and mom of two grown and flown kids, and she's had the privilege of over the last 17 years to help people live a happy, healthy life with whole food supplements and essential oils. Uh, since 2021, she's been the sole caregiver of her two aging parents, disabled and medically independent, but now she's passionately focused on helping others avoid her parents' path of suffering and adopting a scientifically proven longevity lifestyle. Now, before we go forward, that's cool, but that doesn't describe this woman. Oh, I know. In any way. Like <laughs> that this, was just the tip of the iceberg. This woman is a powerhouse. She is so committed and so dedicated to shining her love and light in the world and really making a difference. And that's what we want to celebrate because yes. she's here today. Cause like she said, right now she's, she's, supporting and assisting two of her aging parents and so she is seeing what not taking care of your health not taking care of your body not mm -hmm. and i don't think most people do this consciously i don't think anybody says you know i'm going to do things to cause my health to deteriorate and, and degenerate i think most people say well that's just the way it is yeah and what carrie's here to talk about isn't it's not how it is it really couldn't be different so carrie i want to acknowledge you first and foremost for for who you are and your willingness to look at life, to search for answers, and to teach people that you don't have to settle. So I just wanted to, to share that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And that was a, an amazing introduction. I'm I'm humbled. I am uh, kind of blushing and, <laughs> and just feeling like so much joy to be able to be connected to two people who I have known a really long time and who have enriched my life in so many ways. And I, I told you the minute you started this podcast, I was so excited because I think this is the key to where we are as a society. You know, we've advanced in so many areas, mm -hmm. but we haven't quite cracked the code on on aging in a really powerful way. You know, we do put a lot of emphasis on the youth. We put a lot of emphasis on staying and looking young, but I think there's so much more to it. So I'm excited for this conversation. Okay. Um, okay. So one thing I want to talk about that you mentioned a lot is there's a big difference between lifespan and health span. Yeah. So uh, I think we get these confused and I think um, we take, we, we assume 
that we're all going to get chronologically older. That's why I think birthdays are such a big deal, right? We have birthday celebrations and people make fun of different ages, right? If you go into the party store, you can see like all the, the funny jokes about getting older. But underlying all that humor, of course, is this maybe knowledge or maybe concern that I'm going to enter these years that I'm going to lose a lot of what I'm able to do. I'm going to have to be on lots of medication or maybe I'm going to be in pain or it, it doesn't sound like a fun place to go. Right. Um, and that's chronological aging. It's this idea that each number represents something and there's nothing you can do about that. How much health you have in those years, you do have control over. And that's the difference. That's health span. So you can actually test your biological age by getting some blood work done. And I would recommend that all your listeners do that. Go to their doctor and get a full blood work panel. And then you can actually submit that for a biological age, which I did recently. And as you know, I've lived in the healthcare field for about 17 to 20 years now. And I hope I've been doing some good things, but I never thought that what I was doing could prevent myself from aging, right? I knew I was gonna get wrinkles and gray hair. I was gonna have stiff joints. I mean, I just assumed that maybe it would be slower, but I didn't think I could prevent it. And what I found out when I did my blood work was I, I actually have a biological age of 29, which, you know, the lab has no reason to flatter me. Right? <laughs> I didn't pay extra money for that. But, but what's exciting is it shows that some of these longevity hacks that I've been learning about, especially in the last six months, um, have been doing incredible things. And I'm so passionate about that. I want to share that with your listeners. Right. Well, I think that's so important if you're listening to this to understand that you may have a chronological age, right? You may be 50, 54, 56, whatever it may be, but that doesn't mean you have to be 54, 56. doesn't mean you have to feel like you're 70 because I know a lot of individuals oh, yeah. who are in their 50s and look and feel like they're in their 70s. But well, absolutely. And if you get that blood work done, you know, just brace yourself because I have a friend who had their blood work done and they were chronologically five years older. They were really, you know, it was a it was a big blow to them. And the good news is, don't worry, because we can change it. It's not right. permanent. Right. It's not a death sentence. This is just no. kind of like this is where you're at at this moment in time. But right. it can be reversed. And I think that's what's really, really cool about this, because it's. There is and I think you alluded to it earlier. I think for a lot of people, there's this fear of getting older. Like I, I literally have a member of my family who is in their 80s and will not admit their age. And if you ask them how old they're, they're 39. 39. <laughs> and every year for the last 30 years, they've said they're 39. And because there's this fear of getting older and what I have to deal with. And it's the reality is if you're born, you're going to die. There's a great poem. It's called The Dash. Mm. which is literally what you're talking about. It's your health span from the moment up until the moment you expire, you make your transition. Right. And right. that dash can be as wonderful, as healthy mm -hmm. that you can make it to be, or it can be as difficult and deteriorating. And it really comes up to us and we're all going to have challenges in our lives, but it's doing the things that we're ultimately going to talk about that can reverse that aging process. So you can be like Carrie and go, you know what? I'm 
almost 30 years younger by biologically than my chronological age. Like who wouldn't sign up for that? Oh my God, I'm going to do that blood right. work. Thing. You have to do the blood <laughs> work. Yeah, no. I mean, and, and like I said, it, and there's also a scale that you can get. So the other thing I would recommend to your listeners is to buy a smart scale. You don't have to spend a lot of money. I think I got one on sale right before the holidays for less than $30. And this will also give you a biological age, but based on your physicality. Now I will tell you physically, I'm a little bit older. <laughs> I'm 50 instead of 54. But what does that mean? It has to talk. I don't have the muscle tone of a 29 year old. I have the blood work of a 29 year old, right? Which is really important. Um, but no, I don't have the muscle tone of a 29 year old anymore. Um, I don't have the skin turger. I don't have, um, you know, some of the physical markers that you would get from the scale. But again, as you raise your protein, as you lower your fat, as you lower your visceral fat, which is the fat around your organs, that's the fat we have to be a little bit more careful about. We'll talk about all that stuff, but um, just knowing where you are physically and in your blood work um, is good because then you were saying earlier before we got on air, you know, what you say becomes reality, right? Reality, yeah. We can actually talk ourselves into a lot. You told me some crazy stories, um, but you can also talk yourself into better health, right? Like you can wake up in the morning and, and say, you know, my blood is pumping and my skin, my skin is young and I have the vitality to exercise and eat the right foods and make good choices and form good relationships. And um, give back to others and live in a state of gratitude. All of that is going to bring your biological age down. You know, there's nothing you can do about the candles on your birthday cake. Celebrate them. Enjoy them. How great. Mm -hmm. um, and as Joe said, when it's time for you to transition, none of us know where we're going to be. But wouldn't it be beautiful to die in a perfect state of health? Which mm. sounds counter, right? Like, I want to die healthy. I don't want to die <laughs> sick. <laughs> I, you know? I, I say it all the time. Life should be like a candle. We should burn yeah. bright and just expire. And I say, cause we talk about thoughts. Yeah. What do I say all the time? He says, I'm going at 95 in my sleep. <laughs> Heart attack, Heart 95 attack in, in my sleep. sleep. 95. Okay. That's I love it. And I'm, I'm putting it out there because I understand, <laughs> yeah. you know, how important it is. You know, we, we talked about uh, before we came on the air is your story with your mom. You want to share that? Yeah. Well, about your, your words and, and your thoughts and, you know, um, my, many of you listening know that, um, you know, my mom passed away last year at uh, 21 of, um, she had dementia. She got it early, early seventies. So we were really thrown off guard with that, but it was interesting because 10 years prior to that, um, her best friend passed away of cancer and it was tough a few years. It was really tough. And it was tough for my mom when she lost her. And she used to, after that all the time, she would say, you know, if I get sick, I just don't want to know about it. I, you know, and she used to say that all the time. If I get sick, I don't want to know. If I get sick, I don't want to know. And look what happened. She, she got, sick. got sick. And she didn't know. She didn't know. <laughs> so I wow. believe 1,000% yeah. that thoughts, feelings are energy. And you put that out into the universe. The universe responds not because there's this mean God. Right. It's, it's all just energy. And it's like we have free will. And if we choose to put that out there, 
energetically, that's what we attract back and manifest into our life. So, right. you know, I love this. This is a great conversation. And I love that we're shining light on this and yeah. giving people the hope and possibility. Because I think individuals like us, like, and that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is we see the train coming down the road. We're looking at our parents. We see what they have <laughs> went through. And we know this is the critical time. Like if we don't get a handle on these things now, right. that train's coming and it's going to run us over. And it doesn't have to. We can get off the tracks and find a different train like you're talking about to biohack our longevity to our health and mm -hmm. to live a like a candle to live and burn bright until right. when that time comes to make that transition, whenever that divine time is to look back and go, okay, I didn't have to suffer. I didn't have to go through all those things that our parents went through. And I think that's so important. Absolutely. So let's talk about those biohacks. Well, wait, we, we got, oh. we, we got more. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm, so, I'm ahead of the game. Okay, because we, we want to like really shine the light for those individuals, because this is new to some individuals. Yeah, a right. lot of individuals just like, you know, oh, biohacking, chronological age, you know, like uh, well, I needed the uh, dictionary to interpret all this. Maybe you go right. to Google. So let's talk about, you know, what biohacking on longevity genes okay. actually is. Okay, great. So just to set up for your audience, um, and this research is about 20 years old. I mean, we have had people who have been studying metabolic health. You know, we had the pioneers that maybe go back 30 years. But in general, this is a part of genetics that is an expanding, exploding field. Um, there's some brilliant doctors and scientists in the field that I absolutely love. Um, maybe you can get some of those on your show. That would be really cool. But <laughs> what, what they've discovered is that your metabolic health is really, really important. And so recently they did a survey in the United States, the American Heart Association did a survey throughout the United States and only 6% of Americans are in optimal cardiometabolic health. And wow. that article that appeared, I believe it was April of 2021, literally shocked me. And I, I, I put the article down, I sat down and I had to read it again. I, I couldn't believe that as a country, we were in that state of health. And a lot of this came out of sort of a post COVID analysis, right? Who did well during COVID and who didn't? And on the news, I think you heard a lot about comorbidities, right? And what that meant, you know, and certain people who had issues, you heard a lot about diabetes, you heard a lot about weight. And then it was a question of well, what's that have to do with a virus, right? Like what? And I think people were confused. And so um, as much as science advances, things like vaccines are really, really important. If you don't have good underlying cardiometabolic health, you're not going to be able to face things that come at you physically, emotionally, spiritually, none of it. It's, it's a really, it's, it's the core of our health. So what does it mean? It has to do with actually the way your body functions. Now, I want you to think, I hope our listeners might be old enough to remember record players. And I use this analogy. <laughs> you guys have to come up with one that's more modern for me. But if you remember a record player, you would get, you know, the disc, right? And it had an arm and it would, it would play the record. So your genetics are the record. And when you are conceived in your mother's womb, right? And you have that first explosion of conception, right? And those cells start to divide. 
your genetic uh, record, okay, who you are, you have, you know, that record is unique to you. That disc, it's in its most perfect form. As it multiplies, it starts to lose slight pieces of perfection, just as if you were to take um, uh, a letter and put it on a copy machine and then just keep running off a copy and then take the copy and make a copy of the copy and a copy of the copy. You know how it gets lighter and lighter and less yeah. clear? Okay. So once we're born and we get out into the big bad world and the world starts to interact with us, those interactions cause our genetics to reduplicate in less perfect ways. But the memory of the copy, which is why we talk about embryonic stem cell research so much in terms of health, because when we go back to the embryo and that perfect cop, that perfect initial record, right? That perfect initial genetic makeup, we can heal people because we go back to all the good stuff that was there originally. All right. So what science has found out is that you have your gene, you have your record, but then you have something called the epigenome. The epigenome is the record player. It actually reads what's on the gene. Now that starts to break down too. And we start to like read our genes incorrectly because we don't have the ability to kind of go back and look at the memory. Well, now we do because we have this group of genes um, or genetic markers called sirtuins. And these are our longevity genes and they get turned on when we're under stress. And you know, people are like, oh, I'm under so much stress and stress is killing me and stress is ruining the world. We have to stop saying that because actually yeah, exactly. a little bit of stress is really, really good for us. Right. So yes, we have a lot of stress, but instead of using it, we're we're manifesting it or we're we're categorizing it in a way that's being very very detrimental and it's causing us to freeze where it actually stress is supposed to put us into action that's the whole point of stress and so you can't burn out your adrenals that's a misnomer people say i have you know i have adrenal stress my no you really don't um you might have a bad backache but you're you know like <laughs> that's not that's not scientifically true <laughs> but what's cool about it is that um, once we turn on these sirtuins, once we turn on the longevity genes, then we can actually go back and reread the genetics the way it was earlier in our life. And when we go back to a previous copy, then we start to copy the younger version of ourselves. And since our bodies turn over our cells every three years in total, it doesn't happen all at once, right? It happens like cell by cell by cell in different parts of your body that you could actually create a newer version, a younger version of yourself in three years, or you can create an older version of yourself. It depends on that record and what you're reading. So you act upon those cells with youthful things and a little bit of stress, you get younger. You act upon those things with things that age you, you get older. Awesome. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I think <laughs> for those of you listening, like you, hopefully you are really getting this. The light yeah. is going off is that you are at right now today, you are at a crossroads in your life. Uh -huh. You have things right now that in three years are going to determine if you're healthier, if you're happier, if you're getting better with age, or, or if not. the opposite is happening. And I love that this 
is bringing the awareness that it's not a death sentence. We don't have to get worse with age. We don't have to deteriorate. We don't have to degenerate. Right. We don't have to get sick and, and, and die and suffer that there is. And, you know, we're, we're all spiritual people here, so we can bring God into the, into the podcast. Like, and just <laughs> think about it, right? If you were this divine creator, would you create this amazing organism and create it to degenerate, just, to suffer it, and right. deteriorate? Like right. that just doesn't make sense. And people say, well, yeah, well, why does it happen? It's like, well, I believe we have free will. And God says, you want to eat shit? Then you know what? (laughs) Guess what's going to (laughs) happen? You know, you want to go for a walk? You want to eat better? Then guess what's going to happen then? And I think that's what's really important is that we have the free will. We have the choice. We have the ability. And what Carrie is sharing is that you have the awareness now to say it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be like our parents. We can be a model for our children to say, you know, let's see what's possible. I always, you know, there's a woman out there. She's a, she's a, a bodybuilder and she's in, like in her. Oh, in her like 70s. I, I oh, know. I saw yeah. her. Amazing. Fabulous. Yeah. And she didn't start weight training until oh, she was like, like in her 60s. Yeah. Her 60s. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like th- this woman is amazing. And that those are the people we want to model. Like, what are you doing? You know? And just go, well, if she's doing that and she looks like that and they're doing that and they look like that, maybe I want to be like her. So I want to ask you this question. Because we talked about our parents and and living in a generation and they've seen their parents get sick and die and degenerate and get old. Right. But why do you think for a lot of people, they don't realize that they can make the changes. Like they just, it's kind of like following the sheep off the mountain. Right. And they're just following along and going down the same path and the light doesn't go off. And I, the reason I understand is I've always been a seeker and I've always, even when my dad was sick and he was diagnosed, I'm like, Oh, why did he get cancer? What did he do? What was his attitude? What was his yeah. stress? What was his diet? I, I looked at all that. So I've always had a God given ability to question things and to right. seek for answers when things just didn't sit right. But so I feel weird sometimes in that way, but there are a lot of people who don't, who just go and just get caught up. So why do you believe that a lot of people don't question and see what's in front of them? Well, I, I think there is a crowd mentality that, that works. That's a, it's a heavy thing that's at work that sometimes people will say, well, everybody around me is doing it. So I'm going to do it too. Um, and we don't have enough seekers like you are, you know, we really, we need more people to step back and, and ask questions. I also feel like we've created such busy lives Mm -hmm. that we've actually pushed out any time for thoughtful contemplation. And it's so important for your mental health and for your physical health to actually have time. I don't know if you can't build it into your day. You know, start small, start with five minutes a day and just be silent and see where your mind goes and maybe keep a notebook and start writing things down. You'll be amazed at the stuff that comes up. Like I've done this a few times, you know, I don't do it regularly every day, but I certainly do it at least once a week. And sometimes the things that come up to my mind when I'm just sitting there aren't the things that I thought would come up and you have to process through those, right? You have to process through those. And also just to start asking, asking questions about, you know, um, am I happy with my, with what I'm doing in my work? You know, not with my job. Am I happy with what I'm doing? Right? Like, am I being the best possible person in my work environment? Am I 
Am I catering to the people around me? Am I doing things for my family? Am I being a good neighbor? You know, all of those things. And, and those things, I think what happened in previous generations was everything was just kind of taken for granted. You go from here to here to here to here. You know, one of the things I hear a lot from, you know, the age group that I'm in right now is I thought I was going to retire with a lot more money. Yeah. And I think to myself, well, why did you think that? You know, well, my parents retired with more money. And I said, well, the cost and, and how many kids they put through college at $80,000 a year. Yeah. And what was their mortgage? And um, how many tech, you know, how many smart devices did they own and have to pay for on a regular basis? You know, so it's apples and oranges. Right. Right. You know, I, I mean, I remember growing up, we had one car. I have friends uh-huh. that have five cars for two people. Yeah. You know, you can't compare those those things economically and you also can't compare them in terms of your health. Right. In the 1970s, we added tons and tons of chemicals into the environment that we had never had before. And so you can't really compare, you know, what's the number one growing arm of the medical um, industry? And that's cancer hospitals. Like it should it should stop people in their tracks <laughs> when they look around and see hospital after hospital after hospital being built. You know, my parent, I live in Cleveland now with my parents and we had this very beautiful theater that's been around for over a hundred years and the Cleveland clinic is demolishing it and putting up yet another clinic of some kind. You know, I don't know if it's cancer or whatever it's for. But what we're saying in that moment is that the arts are less important than the disease. Like we're catering to the disease instead of saying, wait a minute, why are we living this way? You know, what do we have to do to get better? Yeah, I agree. And because it's all about in our country, we have sickness care, not really health care. Absolutely. We don't teach people how to be healthy, how to live holistic lives, how to do things to biohack their longevity and so then people do what they everybody else is doing and then they all everybody starts getting sick and so well why does happen to me because we haven't been taught from a young age and that's one of the things we're we're very blessed with doing with our kids i know you do with yours is teach them that you know what your body when it's functioning properly is going to take you through life in a very good healthy way even during a pandemic but you've got to build that up. You've got to make it strong. You've got to do all these things that you're talking about and everything will work out. But if you don't, you're going yeah, to get and, smacked. And it's kind of sad because it's kind of like, and I hate to say it is, but like sickness sells, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, the sad part is, and I've experienced this in, in you know, um, where there are there are some doctors, MDs and DOs who are very integrative and who are very, you know, about the whole system and not about just curing the, you know, treating the symptoms. And when you have doctors like that, the doctors who aren't like that tend to look down upon those right. doctors. And I've experienced that. So I'm not just making this up and this is, you know, anecdotal. Yes, but um, I've seen it and it's, it's sad. It's sad, but I think, you know, we need to treat the whole body and not just the symptoms. Well, and, and we're, we're going to, that's a podcast. It's about the system and the money and the pharmaceutical companies and the government. We could be here for, for 
five years. So the key takeaway from this is that there are six simple biohacks yes. that you can do to reverse the aging process and to get better with age. And so this concludes the first part of our podcast. But the good news is Carrie's coming, coming back, back for a second part. <laughs> We're actually going to talk about what these six simple steps are and what you could start doing today to reverse the aging process. So in three years, you're a bigger, better, and healthier and happier you. Yes. So Kathy, Kathy, Harry, <laughs> brain flatulence there. Thank you for this. Thank and we're really so looking forward to the second part. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Nat.